Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour. A forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Prasky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together they cover the Twin Cities. This combined dynamic duo has sold over 2,000 homes, ranked in the top 1% nationwide top 10 in the state of Minnesota and still have time to get together every Saturday to talk about real estate. Here's Abby Prasky and Chris Rooney, Denny Law, and the Real Estate Radio Hour. And as usual, good morning, welcoming your phone calls and text messages related to real estate. Before we say hi to Chris and Andy, 651-989-9226. That's our phone number or send a text, 81807. We'd be glad to uh, Pick up on your real estate questions either by phone or by text. Well, I see uh, Andy over there. Good morning. Yeah, Andy's here. Chris, on the other hand, is on the horn. He's on the road yep. again. On the road. Yeah. Got my yep. kids' last football games coming up, so uh, getting them in, and uh, but still want to be part of the radio show for sure. Well, we're glad you're there. And again, uh, listeners uh, can ask a question of, uh, of the guys here as usual. Let me ask my usual question of uh, since I hadn't seen you for a week. How's the week been for both of you in real estate? Go ahead, Chris. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> I I think it's getting better. I really do. Um, I'm the same one that said that uh, we're going to find out in September that it uh, wasn't too good, and we did find out that uh, you know sales were down seven point three percent, which is which is significant. It's quite mm-hmm. significant, especially when considering that the interest rates are still good. Um, you know, unemployment rates are down. Consumer confidence is good, and uh, but the real estate sales are down. Yeah, I think this week too, Chris. We, um, you know, on the front lines out there in the open houses and whatever uh, purchase agreements showings, we definitely saw an uptick this week. So, what we've been talking about um, before, when we were coming into the end of the summer, there where we were kind of saying, "Hey, we're in the middle of a weird time," and the newspaper is still telling you, "Hey, everything's really hot and happening," and it wasn't currently. So it was a confusing market for some people. They're they're heading out there prepared for these you know crazy market conditions, and then they just they they weren't there in those last months of summer here. Now we're starting to see an uptick. Um, I would say the consumer is more educated now than they've ever been. So they they spend the time, they do the research. You know, a lot of times they're they're looking at these houses online several times. They're analyzing it. They're going to websites. They're they're cross-referencing. Is this house listed at a fair price? And I think that what's happening, Chris, and I mean maybe you can chime in on this too. Um, they're just, they're almost like selecting before they even go out it, versus in the old days, we used to drive around and you'd, Hey, there's an open house. Let's go check it out. That's not happening as much as we, it's more of the, Hey, we saw the open house online and we've already validated, you know, validated, quantified that this is a house that we want. And, you know, and we've 
you know, verified the stats and, and uh, let's go check it out because it's open today. Um, funny, Andy, Andy, when you say that too about, uh, you know, them deciding, we were, I was just talking about that with someone that in my car this year that I've actually had people in my car to go look at houses mm-hmm. has been three times. Yeah. And recall way back when. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be four times a week that you'd have them in your car. And so mm-hmm. it is. And that's why it's so important. I mean, I always tell people that the most important day of our listing is picture day because people are making their assumptions based on, you know, Internet and doing that because people are right. busy and they don't want to come, you know. Right. And so it's, uh, it's really quite interesting. Well, Does it think, not help yeah. you guys that people are more prepared? Now and doing more research is yes and no. Oh, I, I love mean, that better. Yeah, I do yeah, too. Yeah. I think it, it. You know, they know what they're getting into. They can make a faster decision that's right for them once yeah. the opportunity comes. But you know, Chris, you know, I, I've I've watched this too, and we we are spending more time now, Denny, doing what I call an online profile, where we analyze. You know, how do we compare competitively online? Because if you don't do it, all of the search bots, the all the different search engines, the Zillows of the world will do it for you. And so you want to go online and verifying what, what your profile looks so like. So you Did need they, to be more proactive. Yeah, as a seller. <clears throat> you know, you need to make sure that the, the amount of square footage that's out there is accurate so that the all of these different, you know, auto calculation style websites that are out there can verify and, and help you get to the price that you're trying to justify. So, Yeah, and it still matters to, you know, what pocket you're in as well. And that uh, is something that, you know, all of a sudden you, you look at pockets and, all of a sudden they start going and they're, mm-hmm. and they're selling. But then there's other pockets that are just sitting that aren't getting showings. And if very rare getting showings, I mean, across the board. And so it's, uh, you got to kind of know that too. You know, we talk about a lot of times as we start getting towards, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, we find out that, hey, you know what? We either got to, it, it's time to make a decision. Are we going to keep it on the market or are we going to reduce the price? And I mean, when you start talking about reducing the price, you've got to have some data mm-hmm. to be able to do that. Because if you're not, if there's no one in this, in that price bracket that's looking, I mean, all you're reducing is you're kind of reducing for the fun of it. Right. You know? And so, yeah, so we have a, it's, it's a, you're constantly uh, watching what the market's doing, talking to other realtors. That's another big thing. And uh, kind of doing it, mm-hmm. Andy and I are pretty fortunate that we have uh, a number of listings in a lot of different price ranges. And, you know, networking and talking together, we kind of figure out, you know, what the market is doing. Um, I mean, from south of the river, north, all, all the Twin Cities market. Mm-hmm. No, it's true. And, you know, I think that, Chris, the, 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 in the fall, when we're, we're a little slower, we've got our house listed. We want it to sell before the holidays. Or do we pull it and we wait till spring? And it's one of those things I think a lot of people are kind of contemplating in their head right now is it's the, you know, I'm not getting a lot of showings or we're not getting the traction we thought or the price doesn't seem to be selling at what we want to sell it for. So should we wait till spring? What are your opinions on that? Because I I think that there's a lot of listeners out there right now that are questioning, should I list now or do I wait till the spring? What, What are your thoughts on that, Chris? My famous word depends. It depends what, what, where you're at. I mean, what market segment are you in right now? And what else is available in that market segment? I don't think it's bad to be able to, you know, um, test it, you know, if you've got a fair chance of being able to hit it. So I talk about uh, in the upper bracket homes, um, fall is usually a really good time Mm -hmm. um, to be selling because people have been sitting there out on the sidelines the whole time. They're looking, but they're busy and they Mm -hmm. go on vacation. And all of a sudden, um, towards the fall, it's kind of like, you know what, we got to do something or else we're going to miss it again. So right. 
I kind of encourage people, you know, at least to to try it, give it a flyer, and then come back in the spring. Well, you know, and that's the thing, though, is that in the spring market, Chris, what you're talking about, that's what everybody is gearing up towards. So in right. theory, you're putting yourself into a pool that has more potential competition. If you want less competition, you stay on the market now and you get smart and you get sold before everybody has to compete in the spring. Because if the market's good in the spring, great. But if it's a flat market or it's maybe a little bit of a softer market, there's going to be somebody that's going to be more desperate than you that will drop their price. And all of a sudden you're going to feel really discouraged in the spring, you know, so. Totally. The one thing we do know is what's happening right now. We don't know what's going to happen in the spring. You know, so we don't know, and that's it's really tough when we go in and price mm-hmm. homes. That's what I talk about. I mean, we've got to get you know your house in in good condition. We we got to price it right, and we got to know what the heck else we're going against. You know, because if we are going against a number of houses, I mean, obviously that's going to kind of make the price a little tighter. I found a text message. By the way, if you want to ask a real estate question, we'll take it either in the form of a phone call six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Or send a text, 81807. This came in just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, should an overpriced house bought in the 2007 bubble be on the market as a short sale or regular sale? Jeez. Wow. Well, it depends what they owe against it. I mean, you got to mm-hmm. find out what the value of that home is. You know, um, so, I mean, if it's uh, from a... a I don't know if they're asking, hey, what should we list our home as a short sale? I mean, the only way you list your home as a short sale is if you have to go kind of to the bank and say, hey, I need some forgiveness on some of this. You right. know? But you also got to you know, realize about your credit. So it all kind of depends what you have there. Um, we've got a couple scenarios like that that we're talking about right now um, mm-hmm. with people. And, you know, at what point is it, uh, you know, you're not going to – it's a better – financial decision to be able to say, hey, let's go the short sale route. Well, you know, I think too, and and the word short sale means that they're shorting the sale, you know, in the payoff. And so the bank has, uh, uh, basically they're being shorted the amount that they're owed. Now that's not an option um, unless the bank allows you to, the bank's going to make you show that your, your, you know, tax returns are going to make you show assets. They're going to make you, basically you have to show all your financials, if you will, and they're not just going to let you walk away, especially if you have cash, because just because you bought at the wrong time and now you're doing great. And let's say you're, you're killing it and you want to move on with life, but you just don't want to take the hit. That's not an option. What they're going to do is they're either going to carry that debt forward. Sometimes they'll, you know, um, let the short sale happen and they'll give you an unsecured line of credit that you can put against another property. We've seen all kinds of creative things happening right now, but they generally don't just forgive it and walk away unless you force them to. Like you stop making the payments and then you literally walk away and you're like, we're going to let it go back to the, the bank. We're going to let it foreclose. And then that that is a strategy some people have used, unfortunately, but it, it, it has happened. And then the banks are forced to make a decision. So to keep good credit and do both, uh, it's pretty tough. Yeah. Tell you what, guys, let's take a quick break. We have more show to come. If you do have any kind of a real estate question, we always welcome yours. It's 651-989-9226. That's the phone number. If it's easier to send a text, then we'll pick up on those too. 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of the Real Estate Show here on A3OWCCO. If you have a real estate question, we welcome yours again by phone or text. The phone number is 651 989 9226. Text number is 81807. Uh, Andy is here in mm-hmm. studio. Uh, Chris uh, is on the uh, horn uh, with us. But uh, let's bring in our friend Travis here. Uh, let's do a proper introduction here. 
How you doing this morning? I'm doing well. It's good awesome. to see you again. Good to see you, too. I bet we have a couple of text messages that we're going to shoot your way to. Uh, uh, Travis, uh, tell folks who are maybe new to the show where you come from, where you hail from, and uh, why you're here. Yep, I'm with uh, Bay Equity Home Loans. I'm an uh, area manager. I manage our uh, Oakdale location, and uh, I've been you know, working with uh, Chris and Andy as a partner at the Preferred Home Team for you know quite a few years, and, mm-hmm. and come here to offer knowledge and advice on uh, mortgages. He's, he's our go-to, Denny. We, yeah. uh, we bring this guy in here because he knows his stuff and, and knows the products. And, and there's always – what's cool about a, a guy like Travis and his position, he's been around the block a few times. And so when we get in unique situations where you just sold your company so you don't have income but you have a lot of money in the bank or you have you know these weird scenarios. All the variables. Yep, this guy can uh, say, yep, here's how we do it. And so that's why we bring him in here because uh, the questions that the listeners ask us sometimes are fantastic. And he uh, just rolls the answers right out. So yeah, Indeed. By the way, Chris Rooney is with us. He's, uh, he's on the go this morning. But uh, are we going to see you back here next week in studio? <laughs> Never know. <laughs> that but, depends. <laughs> depends on how your kid does today, huh? Yeah. There you go. Yep. Uh, you know, what was it? Uh, two weeks ago, he got hit with a concussion. So he was all no. but he he. Passed the protocol, so he's back. Oh, man. But anyways, uh, you know, I know we talk every week, you know, kind of how the market's going and stuff like that. But one thing we haven't really hit on is uh, home ownership is at a 50-year low, mm-hmm. which is kind of, um, you know, because of all the hot market and everything going. But it's just crazy to think that, uh, you know, right now at this point in uh, history, we're at a 50-year low of people owning homes. It's crazy. Homeownership, uh, you know, the the uh, affordability index is still one of the best in the history of tracking, meaning that what people make versus what houses cost proportionately to their income. And, you know, Travis, we, we've talked about this before, and there's a few things stalling out those those buyers that are entering into the marketplace or choosing to not enter. And we've talked about this a few times and, you know, everything from student debt to you name it. What, what are you seeing out there in mortgages, though? That's Chris and I are always curious on that because you're the front end before us. Like when you see applications coming in, usually it means we're going to get busy. Um, if you don't see that, then we usually have a slow winter. So, yeah, to, uh, to go to student loans, I mean that is uh, a, a bit of very evolving topic with uh, all the loan products. So um, where you get into problems is uh, the people that are on income based repayment plans uh, versus what type of uh, versus what type of financing you're going to obtain. So um, the underwriting strategies vary from lending product to, to lending product. So like like FHA, VA, and conventional all kind of calculate student loans a little bit differently. Um, just here uh, earlier this year, uh, conventional finally got uh, a little more lax on uh, student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was a period of time where you had to kind of go off of a, a fully amortized payment. So like these these borrowers that, you know, might have like $60,000 in student loans that are on an income-based repayment plan where they're only, you know, making like, you know, $100 a month payment, you know, we wouldn't be able to use that payment because it's not a fully amortized payment. Um, conventional here recently changed, so they do allow that. So that's going to help out your affordability. FHA mm-hmm. on the flip side, they don't allow like an income-based repayment plan. Um, you have to use a fully amortized payment or one percent of the balance. So that same example with the sixty thousand and the hundred dollar a month payment. If you're doing FHA financing, um, 
you're probably giving them credit for a $600 a month payment when really they're only paying 100 So obviously having that much higher of a you know, fantasy payment or, or a qualifying payment for student loans is gonna gonna affect the uh, affect the um, your qualifying levels. And and VA is turn, diff- what's that? Oh, oh, I was just gonna say, which in turn really makes renting more affordable for those people, thus not buying houses. Correct. Yeah, I mean, to just deal with the hundred dollar a month payment versus a qualifying payment of six hundred for this example. I mean, that's you know five hundred dollars worth of you know payment differential that you got to take in for qualifying. And then, right. and then, yep. and then VA is a little bit different too. They're not as aggressive as, uh, they're not as aggressive as, um, FHA, but not as lenient as, um, conventional. Mm-hmm. Um, their, 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 um, calculation is, you know, take the total balance, um, times it by 5% and then you divide that by 12 to factor in a qualifying payment for, for your student loans. Well, you know, Chris, too, one of the crazy parts about that was we were we were just running some stats on millennials because they're, you know, almost 40% of our buyer's market right now in the Twin Cities. But they were saying that only 19% of the millennials have graduated from college, right? And they're only saying that 44% on record that are surveyed say they ever will. So the student loan income, you know, debt ratio equation for 30, you know, it, it, it affects us tremendously. That's that top six, seven percent of those buyers that are just saying, nah, we'll yeah, just we'll sit on the sidelines or live with mom and dad or whatever just it, until we get on our feet. So, well, yeah, you, you know, you take two years of college, you rack up some healthy student loans and you yeah. don't graduate with the job. And then uh, then you're, you know, taking jobs that probably wouldn't have paid you as much as if you would have taken a, you know, would have mm-hmm. graduated. And, you know, so you still got the student loan debt that you got to kind of factor in and right. worry about. Well, so. think about millennials for a second. Danny, we've talked about this before. You know, th- that's the generation that watched the generation in front of them lose their houses, overextend yeah. themselves. They've watched mom and dad or the aunts and the uncles or the neighbors lose their house. They, 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 they're smarter now with that stuff. They're, you know, fiscally more conservative with their money. They're, they're saving more. They're doing diff- things differently. They're waiting longer to get married. They're, it's a different generation. And, and the thing is, is that they are... Still, they the surveys still show that they the American one of the American dreams is to own their own property, right? And they they still subscribe to that, but they're just doing it on their own terms. Yeah. So it's it's screwing us up with us guys trying to follow the charts and saying, hey, what's coming down the pike next year? And and it's we're we're into new territory again, where we just you know we're treading water where we never have before. So we don't know exactly what that crystal ball is going to show us next year. But rates have continued to stay low, right, Trav? I mean, we're yeah, rates are rates are. Uh, still very low. I, this last week we had a little uptake, uptick uh, with the stock market, you know, hitting record highs and some of the, you know, tax reform uh, news that was coming out. So we mortgages got up uh, a little bit. But, you know, the good thing is um, I, I saw some forecasts, you know, over the next couple of years and um, and the, the rates appear to going to stay nice and low, you know, into 2000. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, obviously there's, you know, geopolitical factors that can fact for those who have listened before me talk about how that can dictate interest rates. So there's a lot of unknown, but you know, the, the forecasts are positive for rates to stay, you know, around that, you know, four low fours to high three levels for, you know, a couple of years. All right. We have to take a break. We have another half hour or so of the show to go. If you have a real estate question, again, we welcome yours by phone, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to this portion of the Real Estate Show here on 830 WCC. If you have a question real estate related and you want to phone it in, we have a line open, 651-989-9226. 
If a text is easier, that number is 81807. Uh, Chris and Andy are in the studio. Now, Chris is on the horn because he's on the, on the road, but he is still with us. And, uh, guys, we've got uh, callers. We have texters as well. Maybe we can kind of pick up and maybe get some help from Travis, too. Uh, here's one that came in earlier today. We're looking at a 2004 built home that has a wood walkout basement. Any thoughts on wood basements and future resale? A lot of people like wood foundations. You yeah. Know? They do. Go ahead, Chris. Do you uh, have thoughts on and, that? And, and I guess, you know, the, the question is why they like them. Um, they're, they're not as musty. Um, but what people say about them, I think the critics would say about them, is they just haven't been long, around long enough to determine whether they're good or not. So there is some stigma to them. Um, I suggest anyone, I've, I've listed and sold uh, probably about eight of them in my life. And what we do is we just leave all the information that we possibly can there. And I think once people get the information, they can make a decision for yeah. themselves rather than listening to you know, the concrete guys say, oh, that's the worst thing you could ever do. Right. Well, and I think it's kind of like a pool too, Chris. You get people that are actually looking for that and will actually go out to, to see that home because of that reason. They like that foundation system. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Very good. Uh, again, the text number is 81807 if you'd like to use that. Let's go to the phones, guys. Uh, Lynette is calling from Lakeville, I believe. Lynette, everybody's listening. Okay, thank you. Um, I'd like your opinion regarding um, vinyl planking and laminates as opposed to hardwood floors. I'm just wondering if that makes a difference with prospective buyers uh, with regard to the property value or, or what they perceive to be the, the value of the property. Um, with their, you know, their maintenance is so good for families and for people with pets and children. I'm just wondering if many people are using them now and um, how you, uh, like I said, what what um, effect it might have on resale value of the home. Lynette, are you talking about like the luxury vinyl tile? Or are you talking about um, laminate, um, like pergo style flooring? No, no, no. I'm talking about the planking where it's, it goes and it looks and it's, yeah, it's very nice. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not familiar with all of the, the different names, but it's, you know, it's, um, it is, it is. But it's an engineered floor. Looks like it's wood. An engineered floors. Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. And it looks yep. just like hardwood. And 100%, uh, those are very, very popular. Okay. Um, and I think what people kind of get concerned about is that how many times can you refinish them? But mm-hmm. the durability of them is you don't have to finish, refinish them as much. So, uh, no, it's a, it's a big thing. A lot of the bigger houses are doing it. Right. And uh, I don't think any issue whatsoever when we're talking resale. Well, you know, Chris, we actually put them in our new houses because they provide more color options and the finish that's done in the factory is a far superior finish um, that lasts longer than the on-site finished. That the advantage of on-site finished or a wood floor is you can refinish it, you know, three, four, five times throughout. The, so you get more longevity out of it. But if you're going to put something in to sell the house and you want to be current and you get that hand-scraped looking, you know, nice, uh, the kind of the chocolate-colored floors that are really popular right now, that seems to be, or the gray colors seem to be popular too. Um, I, don't, I don't see how you'd go wrong either way. Yeah. Yeah, and if I was looking at, um, you know, doing those floors over the top of wood floors, I wouldn't suggest that. I mean, if you mm-hmm. have the wood floors, I would, I would, you can do a lot of fun things with, you know, sanding those and doing some right stains and some different types of, you know, a matte finish or a, a bigger, uh, glossier finish. But mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going over um, old stuff, even it's pergo or you know, carpet or plywood, then that engineered floor is well, And, you know, Chris, too, we've had where, um, like right now, and I'm going to say this, this will make a lot of people want to smack the radio, but um, when they have the oak floors 
And Oak is a fantastic product. But Oak, um, when you're out there shopping with buyers, oh, it's dated. It's almost like it brings that it's dated um, perspective to the house. And so what I always say is if there's a way to uh, add some color to the floor, if there's a way to, instead of just, you know, doing the honey colored floors again, maybe there's a way to add a little pigment into your stain. Um, even though long-term it's, it's harder to maintain, but it, it temporarily will give a fresh look and maybe distract that buyer from, from, uh, holding that against you. Okay. Or, or Oak is totally natural. We've been doing that too, mm-hmm. where we've just been sanding it and doing a matte finish over it. And it gives you kind of get that grainy look like you would as a maple, and it uh, it looks really good. Yeah, hmm. it does. Cool, good idea. All right, uh, text came in uh, a bit ago here. Where is it now? All right, can you explain the hazards of and the procedures for buying an REO bank foreclosed house? Andy's got a ton of experience with <laughs> REO homes. What do you think, Andy? You know, they, when they say hazards, um, you know, what I always recommend is this. So anytime you're buying a property, you need to, as when you go through, trust your instincts, okay? So if you walk through the house and you smell something, there's a reason why. If you have suspicions that, hmm, is there a little bit of a charcoal? Did, was there a fire here? Was there a whatever? You want to go through. I always check the records. I go back to the city. Um, I talk to the neighbors. I say, hey, what happened next door? And what's amazing is how fast you can un un you know, peel back that onion and find out what the real source of, of that is. Um, the banks don't care, just so you know this. So the banks don't care what you think. They don't, you know, and I'm saying that in a, from a business-to-business business yeah. perspective. They just don't care. They're putting a house up for sale. It's an asset that secured the loan they gave that person, and they're just trying to get their money back. They don't really want to have a story. They don't care what your story is. They just, they're trying to sell a property. What I'm seeing a lot of banks, though, Denny, do now is they're not just selling the properties. They're smart. They're actually going in there renovating the properties, uh-huh. and they're usually at or above market value. They're not just dumping them anymore. So I've, I've seen some foreclosures slip through the cracks, but most foreclosures that are back on the market now are not necessarily representing the best values. Um, they're, they're, they might be a combination of, you know, uh, but it's, it's not like they're just the rock bottom, get a great deal that they used to be back in 2008. All right, six five one nine eight nine. Go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say one other suggestion. Sorry, um, would be not only just to do an inspection, but I would have a contractor or two, or a tradesman in there as well during mm-hmm. the inspection period, just so you can kind of totally, you know, get a real good feel for the house. We have a line open if you want to use it for your real estate question. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Text is eight one eight zero seven. Guys, another one came in. A bit ago, is there much of a demand for a twenty-plus acre farmland in western Hennepin County? Yeah, there is a big demand for that. Oh, sure. Go ahead, Chris. You're, that's more your. Uh, you yeah, know, well, I mean, twenty acres. I mean, obviously, it depends what else is on there too. You know, if there's there's outbuildings and things like that, you've you know you've opened up your your buyers quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So then it just depends. You know, as we know, it's location, location, location. Right. So if you're how far out you are, are you on a dirt road? Are you on a you know gravel tar, you mm-hmm. know road? Uh, what's the proximity to getting on freeways? All of that factors right. uh, into it for sure. Well, and you know think about this too. So somebody like myself might buy 20 acres in western uh, Hennepin County because I'm thinking, hey, down the road 10, 15, 20 years, I can turn this into 50 lots. You know, I could sell a single family homes. So, you know, their values depend on how, how you're going to use the product. If you're buying it for horses and you need 20 acres so you can get your three horses or whatever your, you know, the number is, 
um, that's great. So there is demand for that, like Chris was saying, or is it, you know, um, the person that wants to live there long term might go five more miles down the road, go into Wright County and have half the taxes. So I see that a lot on Western uh, Hennepin County over there. A lot of people sneak up into Wright County because of the tax savings. Hmm. All right. Hey, well, let's take a break. Uh, we're getting waved uh, to do that very thing. So if you have a question, a real estate type of question, 651-989-9226. Text as we head into the break, that number 81807. We'll pick up on those messages as well. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to this portion of our real estate show here on 830 WCCO. If you want to be involved, we welcome, again, your phone calls and text messages for Chris and Andy or Travis, 651-989-9226. There is a line open. Or if it's easier, send a text, 81807. Uh, Let's see. Let's go back to the text messages here. What can I do, texter says, if the servicing of my mortgage gets sold to a company I really do not want to do business with. Mm. What is uh, yeah, Where are Travis. you there? Too bad for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, unfortunately. Kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. However, you know, let's, let's look at your current mortgage situation, too. Maybe there's a possibility to uh, take advantage of a, of a refinance if we can improve your interest rate. I mean, I would, you're not going to want to refinance just to get rid of a servicer that you don't love. But um, at the same time, you know, maybe you can shorten your term, uh, you know, pull some cash out, accomplish some other goals to, to refinance out of it. You know, depends on what kind of rate you're at and everything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, 81807, that's our text number if, uh, if you want to use that. Uh, here's one. Now, you guys have talked about this, and maybe we should pursue it a little further. If I'm selling my house, Texter says, should I have aerial photos or video done? You mm. guys representing your clients you, you do all sorts of great photography, don't you? Yes. That really makes a difference compared to what it was like 20 you know, years ago. And I don't know about Chris, but I'll, I'll start back. When I look at the amount of clicks, see, now, Danny, what I do is I actually track my clicks online, and I, I find that I get almost five times the amount of views when I have aerial photography mm. than I do when I use the street level right at the house photography. You. I also find it's almost like a five-to-one when I do professional HDR photography, which is the fully colored you know, the lighting is perfect, you know, beautiful um, photography versus, you know, the off your iPhone, like unfortunately some agents have to do. So um, what, what are your thoughts on that, Chris, with video and stuff too? You're telling on people, Andy. That's not good. <laughs> well, you can tell. Nobody's stupid. No. You go to Zillow, yeah. flick down the pages, or you go to, you know, realtor.com and you go right down the list and you can see the ones that are doing the pictures themselves. I mean, it's pretty pretty obvious, I think, but... Pretty, it's pretty important to create a first impression. So I, I think if uh, your photos aren't uh, showcasing your property the best, you're not doing your, your property justice. So right. I think it's real important to, uh, you know, spend the money on that. And I think, unfortunately, some people don't like to because it's not cheap, you know, to be able to showcase a property with aerials or video or, right. you know, the HDRV that you're talking about. And uh, but Well, don't you think, though, Chris, important. that's negotiable? I mean, when you're, when you're sitting there as a, as a consumer and you're listing your house, even the person that doesn't have experience right now, they know somebody in their brokerage that could probably help hook them up and get them those, you know, that level of photography. So, you know, if you're hiring your buddy's kid just because, you know, he's new in the business and you want to help him out and, and you know, but you want to make sure to have the right things, there's nothing wrong with you as a seller sitting down with your agent and asking for specific things that you think you'd like to see in your listing. Nothing wrong with that. You don't have to just go with what they say. You can ask them to quote out and say, if I add this, if I do this, if I do that, where are we at with our, you know, our, our listing percentage? Can we still do, 
you know, X, Y, Z for the, the listing percent. Um, and, and I think that there's nothing wrong with that too, you know? So, um, but yeah, all photos are not created equal video. You know, I, this is where I get hung up, Denny. Cause I, I, I am one of those guys that the virtual tours, the 3d tours, mm-hmm. all that does is really, really quantify to somebody that they don't want to see your house or they do want to see your house. And so it, it's it, too much. It's too much for me. I mean, and I know Chris and I have gone back and forth on this. I get less showings when I have videos online. I get less showings when I have the 3D tours online. So I almost mm. – it's not because I don't want to spend the money. It's because I want to get you showings because I know when people get there, it, how do you sell a view until you're there? How do you sell the, the – Perspective atmosphere? is all different. Perspective is totally different. So that's why we try to get them to the house and then, you know, like Denny, sometimes we'll take it down to two photos online where we have a, a house that's struggling to get showings. But we see lots of online traffic. We'll go down to one or two photos, and I get, Ooh. you should see the emails we get. Wow. You're an idiot realtor. You shouldn't be on the, you know. And it's, I'm like, okay, great, but when do you want to do your showing? <laughs> and they say, well, let's do it tomorrow night then. And I'm really mad you don't have photos online, you know. But it's here's the deal. We get the people into the house, and that gives you a chance to sell it. That's, That's all. cool. And I think that all goes into pockets of listings, too. I mean, if you've got very busy people that are too busy to come out and look at houses, you've got to give them more. Yeah. You've got to give them videos. You've got to give them everything, you know, so they can kind of feel it and then just verify their feelings when they get there because they don't have time to look at 20 houses. True. Yeah. So there's kind of two different schools sure. of thought. Let's yeah. go back to the phones. Uh, we've got a caller on line one, believe, uh, about home inspection. Go ahead, caller. What's your question, please? Um, I was wondering if you put money down on a home and then there's an inspection and they find all these things like you need a roof and this and that and the other. And um, you put $1,000 earnest money down, and then they don't want to give you your money back because they say, well, we'll give you a home warranty. But a lot of those home warranties, if it's pre-existing, you know, that, that it isn't covered. So how does that work? I mean, what's the best way to go when you're, if you find a house, but yeah. then the inspector finds all these things wrong with it? You, you should write a contingency when you write an offer. It's called a, a, the uh, home inspection contingency, and it, it allows you to have the out to make a, a, a decision. You bring in your contractors, you bring in your inspectors, they look at the house, so you determine if that house is something you want to proceed with. At that point, too, you can also negotiate. So you say, hey, it needs $25,000 worth of things fixed. We want to reduce the price to this. Or we'd like the following items to be repaired prior to closing. Um, the concept of keeping your earnest money is virtually impossible because it, when you're in a situation, too, where if you wrote an agreement, let's say you didn't put that in there, but they're trying to cancel on you and they don't want to give you your earnest money back, they technically can't sell that home either without going you know, into the, some of the default statutes that they have to you know, kick you out of there. So you could make their life miserable, too, by not canceling. So a lot of times when something goes awry with a sale, it's easier just to give the earnest money back, even though you don't want to, just to get the sale moving forward. Yeah. And the purchase, purchase agreement is clearly written. I mean, if it's a standard, you know, one of our Minnesota realtor purchase agreements mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, if you want out of the inspection, you're out of it and you get your earnest money back. Yep. They can't say, well, well, we're not going to give you your earnest money back because we offered you a warranty. There's nothing like that. So, All right. Texter says this. We are, this is, I guess, a, a matter of taste. We are replacing stone tile and carpeted flooring with luxury engineered wood floor. Is it important to match the kitchen cabinets to the floor? I mean, what have you seen? Or paint them. Or paint them. Paint them white. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We do, I'll tell you, we do a lot. We have just new door fronts put on, so they're kind of up to date, and then you just paint them all. And it looks fantastic with the engineered floors. I mean, there's there's not one wood floor that I've seen looks bad with uh, kind of a classic uh, white painted cabinet. 
You know, and I'll take it even a step farther. I agree with Chris, and I would say um, the other angle is to hire an interior decorator. Interior decorators can come in, and you let's say you pay them for a couple hours of consulting, and they help you pick the colors that are the most um, alluring to new buyers or the, the best, you know, materials, the best. I mean, I wouldn't buy a material, like, for an example, for my kitchen just because it's on sale. That could be a $50,000 mistake. When you pick flooring or you pick whatever, you have to have something that goes with the flow of the house, which is I'm glad they're recognizing that early because just because the flooring's on sale and it's a certain color, you don't try to make everything else work just to put new floors in. You're better off paying a little bit more and getting the flooring that's not on sale that matches and complements the rest of the house. An interior decorator um, or a stager or kind of a combination of all that, or even the store you're buying it from, should be able to have somebody that could come over and help you with that. That's a good idea. Another uh, another help to uh, forward your, your goal after all. <laughs> Uh, you know what? We're just about have less than a minute actually uh, here this morning. We uh, uh, why don't we find out how to get a hold? First of all, let's find out how to get a hold of Travis. Uh, yeah, you can get a hold of me. Go to uh, www.travismnloans.com, or you can reach me on my cell phone at six five one seven five five three zero eight six. How about you, Andy? I'm at Prasky, P-R-A-S-K-Y dot com. Or on Facebook, you can find the real estate radio, Facebook.com, Real Estate Radio Hour, and you can find Chris and I there, too, or ChrisRooney.com. Easy enough. Now, Chris, when are you heading back home? Uh, tomorrow afternoon. Okay. I'll be back. All right. We'll be safe, and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, get you all together you, again next week. Right? You got our jersey sizes, though, to bring home. Yeah, right yeah, now. yeah. You've got the jersey sizes, right? <laughs> He's not answering. <laughs> okay. And he's a triple XL. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. We have to run. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.